Today on Boy Howdy, we are talking pronouns with a person who is very pro-nouns. Stay tuned. (laughs) I have a fun little intro for you. Are you ready for it? Okay. Um, well, hello everyone, and welcome to Boy Howdy. My, I am your host and longtime boy, Eric Tucker, and today I have with me a very exciting and historic guest. And <laughs> guest, will you go ahead and introduce yourself? Let's hear your your name, your pronouns, and let's do it school style. Give me an interesting fact about yourself. Oh, yeah, I'd love to. Well, hello, everybody. My name is Zach. Do we want to do last names or do we want to Sure, why not? Yeah, I'm Zach Schultz. um, And uh, my pronouns are Zzer. Zzer, Zer. Yeah, that sounds... Yeah, Um, I know some people, um, it's it's pretty similar to some people who do Zzer. I think for me, me, I, I just prefer Zzer. Um, I'll explain later why. Um, (laughs) And um, interesting fact about me. Well, I think the big one is, um, and I am involved in a couple of St. Louis music acts. Uh, I play, I wear a lot of different hats, do a lot of different instruments. I also love doing um, production work. So recording and mix sort of stuff. Nice. Well, then you will be ashamed of how low budget this is, if you (laughs) (laughs) like mixing and producing and stuff. But listen, it's my first go, so there's some grace. I'm glad to be here for the first go. (laughs) And thank you. Thank you for being here. This is exciting. Um, I mentioned that you were historic because, y'all, this is the first ever guest on Boy Howdy. Um, I recorded an introductory episode to this podcast uh, in my car at like three in the morning because I couldn't sleep. And I would highly recommend that nobody listens to that. And if you're here (laughs) listening to this, just just stick around and listen to this episode because this is what the show is supposed to be like is is having guests and things. And years from now, when people are like, man, who was the very first guest on that incredibly successful show about masculinity? Boy, howdy. Who was it? Zach, you're always going to be the one that's oh. like, girl, it's me. So <laughs> that makes me feel um. special. And also, <laughs> I can't think of any other way that anybody can record an intro to their podcast other than three in the morning in their car. I feel like <laughs> exactly that's how yeah. it has to be. <laughs> exactly. That's how they did it in the old days, I think, <laughs> the old days of podcasting, which was like 2017. But um, so. Like Zach mentioned, we are going to be talking pronouns today. And before we get into that, I want to give uh, not only uh, all of the millions of people listening worldwide a disclaimer, but also you, Zach, a disclaimer. I will probably mess up your pronouns. That's <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. But I, I, they are pronouns that I don't have a lot of practice with. Um, but that's why I'm here. I wanted to learn. I wanted to... Uh, educate myself. And that's, that's why we're doing this. Cause I feel like your pronouns, you know, potentially are not as common as some others. 
And so uh, I think it may be a pronoun set that uh, many people don't have practice with. So that's what we're here to do. Um, but I wanted to let you know that. And, and anybody listening, don't come for me because I'm really not. Oh. <laughs> I'm just trying to learn. You know what I mean? So yeah. when I mess them up, just just sit down. Okay, because oh. I'm here to learn. Well, so. and you know, <laughs> on that subject, um, I think, the, and this might be something that comes up later, um, while the pronouns that I prefer are something that, um, you know, it's, it's intentional and it feels right. Um, I definitely am also comfortable with people using they, them pronouns. Um, cool. if, if, if it happens, um, and w- something that I have a lot of trouble with is, um, correcting people. I've just always, mm. um, felt weird about correcting people never want to make anybody feel ashamed or bad about something. Um, sure. So I think in my sort of journey with gender identity, that's one of the many things I'm working on is, okay, like, is it okay to correct somebody? Um, if so, like, how do you do it? And mm. um, so, and I'm sure we'll, we'll come back around to this, but um, that's also Definitely. something I'm working on. Definitely. That's cool. I, I would love to just dive into that, but I think we need some more background information before we do, but let's do it. Hold on to that because that's a, <laughs> that's a great uh, thing to, to get into. But um, so first of all, I want you to explain to anybody listening how we met and maybe go through some first impressions, get some of that tea uh, because we all love tea. Um, so <laughs> there's Absolutely. probably no tea, but um so Zach and I met, we, I worked, when I say a hot minute, I mean a literal hot minute. <laughs> I worked at Starbucks here in St. Louis. By the way, we were both in the St. Louis, Missouri area. And we will kind of be talking about that a little bit here. Um, but I worked for a literal hot minute at a Starbucks. Um, and I ended up quitting. The reason I gave everybody or specific people was that I wanted to focus on my career because that sounds good. But honestly, y'all, Starbucks is a hard place to work. <laughs> like, yeah, I, it involves a lot of memory. And I would say that like, one of the worst things I'm like, one of the things I'm worst at besides sports, team sports is memory. And so, but I loved the people that I worked with. And all of the people there were like the only reason I loved waking up at Aww. four in the morning to get to work at 530. Um <laughs> <laughs> to, to make coffee as, as best as I could. So, um, but I remember my first, like one of my first days, um, just like any other job, you have to do a lot of like boring online training things. So I was sitting in the back of a Starbucks at this raggedy computer um, doing those introductory like quizzes and watching videos and things. And the computer was in eye shot of the ovens at Starbucks and there was a person working the ovens one day. <laughs> and Zach, I don't know if you know the story, but there was a person working the ovens one day. And this person, let's say Z, was working the ovens. And um, I hear them doing like screamo vocals. <laughs> <laughs> and um, like, Zach, will you provide an example? Oh God, I'm I'm not as practiced. Um, 
especially here in the morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't done my vocal <laughs> exercises. We'll pass on that. I'll put I'll put a recording out there someday of me practicing. Okay. Well, it sounds like maybe like a fresh young pig squealing and running around. You guys know what I mean. And um, I was like, okay, that's funny. Whatever. I used to listen to screamo. I still do. I guess the new term would be like hardcore music. Screamo is kind of a dated term. But anyways, I used to, that was my, my main kind of music back in the day. And so I was like, whatever, that's fine. I'm cool with that. But then I was like, wait, I know this song. And I was like, how do I know this song? Like I, I listen to the kind of music, but I don't like memorize the lyrics. I never know what they're saying. I just think it sounds cool. And it's fun to like punch your steering wheel while you're driving home. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I was like, I know this song. And I listened more and I realized that Zach was doing a screamo cover of Country Roads Take Me Home. Oh, and I yeah. was like, <laughs> I was like <laughs> this is, and like the next day I was being trained on the ovens and it was this person again. And I was like, this is going to be a weird time. But I am really glad that I didn't listen to my first impression because um, you ended up being like my favorite person to work with. And I feel like we always closed on Sundays. That's right. And we would just, yeah, we would just have like great conversations about music and about queer stuff and about, I don't know, basically pretty much what we're about to do today, yeah. I feel like is could very easily have been like a, a Sunday evening for the two of us. Um, so that was my first impression. What was your, ooh, what was your first impression of me? I want to know. Yeah. Um, well, I think the first time that I remember um, meeting and interacting with you was likewise training um, and mm -hmm. working on the oven. I remember because specifically at that point I had been working at Starbucks for over two years. Um, and I, I, I was a shift supervisor and mm. I remember feeling like, yeah, oven is like one of my favorite spots. I'm really good at it. I've yes. got it all figured out. Um, and so now I know I was trying super hard to both, teach you like the absolute best way to run the oven position while also not over inundating you with information mm. and things to do. So I hope I didn't overwhelm you. <laughs> not at all. It was, it was great. I, I was just thinking that like, I feel like you're one of the best people at not what I call mansplaining. Like I'm pretty bad at that, but it's really mostly like, I, I, when I learned something, I like to like tell other people about how I learned it. And so, but you were always like, have you, has anyone ever told you this? Or, you know, like you did want to like tell me things that I didn't already know mm -hmm. or like give me too much. And yeah, by the end of it, I felt like a regular chef Boyardee. Exactly. But yeah. Well, and I think my first yeah. impression of you was I felt like you were very easily approachable um i never felt mm. like this is a person who's guarded or this is a person who um is mysterious now, i don't know if you're mm. ever going for like a mysterious vibe but um <laughs> i like i like the idea of that but absolutely not like <laughs> i wear my heart on my sleeve way too much i tell people like that i just met about like embarrassing bodily function yeah. stories about me so I think we, you know I mean, yeah i think we're both yeah. just very open and comfortable with that Absolutely. um so i think that made uh connecting with you and talking with you very easily because um yeah just 
uh, both of us are really comfortable with, or I, I would say comfortable, but um, always ready to be vulnerable, I think. Mm, yeah, um, definitely. And that's, I don't know, that's always just a really good feeling to me. Definitely. Well, that's cool. I'm glad that yours was very sweet and mine was kind of mean because I made fun of you a little bit. But you know what? Oh, it was hilarious. <laughs> um so before we go any further i because i think it's time you know i think it's time to start our talk today Mm -hmm. um i want to know how you identify what are what are labels that you use for yourself uh and honestly like do you like labels do you feel like they're helpful um if you have them at all yeah well in to be completely honest i there are certain labels that I use that feel right um, that I mm-hmm. and, and that I'll use in day to day conversation to explain to people. Um, those labels are like the easiest way to explain, um, yeah, how I identify or kind of where I'm at. Um, so I would say that sure. the easiest one is um, non-binary, um, and okay. that one feels good because it's a pretty. Um, it's both kind of a nice umbrella term and it also gives someone enough specifics that like, Oh, this person doesn't identify as strictly male, as strictly female, you know, either there's somewhere in between or there's something else. And yeah. So that's what I'm most comfortable with. I think to get more specific about it, I am still definitely exploring and trying to figure sure. out awesome. what works best for me. Um, if I had to describe sort of where I am right now, I know that um, I definitely feel more feminine than masculine most times. Mm. I wouldn't call myself gender fluid. I don't think that I, I don't, I don't think that there are days that I wake up and feel more one thing than the other thing. Um, sure. I definitely. Um, the, one, the biggest part for me that I'm exploring is this sort of difference between third gender and agender. Basically, mm, okay. third gender being sort of non-binary, something that is other than strictly male or female. Or agender meaning that I am genderless, without gender. Like, I feel like I don't right. fall within any sort of gender spectrum. Um, right. I, I don't think I've landed on the perfect thing yet. And I'm okay with that right now. I'm just, I'm just still exploring a lot, reading a lot, talking to people about it and all of that helps. Yeah. I, I think that it, I love that at least more and more these days, I'll say, it seems like we're allowed to do that more. Um, I can say just like personally, I am, it took me a while, but like I've come to a place where I feel like, I'm fine with being identified as male and and identifying as male, but I'm not fine with people telling me what that means for Mm. me. You know what I mean? Like I'm really not fine with anybody saying like, okay, if you're going to pick that identity, it's this, 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 and this, like I I'm cool with he, him pronouns and identifying as male. And most of the time, like dressing somewhat, you know, what society would consider masculine, but um, I'm not fine with like you not, allowing me to explore or, or play in that space. So that's um, great. Well, it is, hard. you don't, you don't want people to prescribe to you what that means. 
Exactly. Yeah. Like, and and I think for a long time in my life, it it was by a lot of external forces like prescribed, like this is what you have to be or become or do with your life. And I was just like, why, you know, and nobody really had a good answer for me. So I was like, well, then don't, don't tell me, you know, that it has to be this. So, um, that's cool. I I really believe in exploring. Um, and I love the, I do love the phrase non-binary. I feel like it's, the professional one do you know what i mean like like there's gender queer and i feel like that's really rock and roll yeah but <laughs> but non-binary yeah exactly and then non-binary is kind of like it's like indie but it's it's like accessible you know what i mean so um that's great i so i remember in our talks at work um i don't think you grew up in this area is that that's right correct. in st louis yeah i mm-hmm. so go ahead Go ahead. Where, where, where were you? Uh, where were you? Where are you from? Um, so I was born and raised in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Um, I think okay. it's the biggest city in Wisconsin next to Madison. Nice. Um, Bridesmaids, the movie takes place in Milwaukee. So I've always wanted to go oh, there. Yeah, that's right. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so I am curious as to your transition as a non-binary individual or a person just on the LGBTQ plus spectrum, um, your transition from let's say Milwaukee to St. Louis, what do you feel like either of the communities were more open, less open? Uh, do you feel comfortable identifying openly as non-binary in St. Louis? Just cause I'm, I, I'm interested to know that. I, I feel like I don't really have that experience. So I wanted to, gain a little insight i'm really happy you asked that um because geography has played uh, a surprisingly big role in that journey for me and i think it's just due to a lot of supplementary factors um okay so definitely growing up in milwaukee i never um identified as non-binary i don't think i ever really explored my own sexuality at all um and Mm. that was due to a lot of things mainly i don't i i never grew up in a family that talked openly about that those things but not because they were admonished just because nobody really knew anything about the about um lgbt things um it wasn't until many years later i found out that my parents still only thought the word queer meant like a gay man um Mm, and weren't aware that the idea of queerness has evolved and grown to encapsulate a lot of other different things um sure so especially growing up with my parents my family um gender and sexuality discussion never really happened nobody really about um different gender expressions or different kinds of attraction um so i think i really didn't know any of those things existed until i went to college Mm. um and it also didn't help Uh, yeah i i went to a private school for uh, eight years, middle and high school. And I think also, um, there was not as much 
talk about or space to, again, discover, learn about um, for sure the LGBTQ issues and identities and that kind of thing. So yeah, when I moved to St. Louis and I went to Washington University in St. Louis. Right on. Okay. Yeah, that was just an absolutely eye-opening experience. And not only... So, uh, WashU has this just phenomenal department called the Women, Gender, and Sexuality Studies Department. Um, And I feel presence and the fact that there are so many people that can have access to studies about um, gender and about sexuality, um, Mm. makes for an overall environment where people feel comfortable talking about that, feel comfortable discussing it, learning it. Um, so that played a big part in me learning about, oh, okay. So bisexuality is a thing. Pansexuality is a thing. Um, and then, you know, of course, different gender identities. Um, so, but when it comes to um, sexual attraction versus gender identity, I definitely felt more comfortable exploring. Uh, sure. Sure. I, I pretty soon found out, I was like, okay, I am bisexual or, you know, pansexual. The thing about the two is like, they're, pretty close to being the same thing but like the difference between them matters to a lot of people and personally for Mm -hmm. me um for me personally they're interchangeable yeah same so um that's kind of the zone i fall in but um yeah i don't think it was until late in college and after i had graduated and was a full-on adult in st louis that i was um Figuring more about my gender identity, learning more about it, talking with people about it. And yeah, I think my acceptance of being non-binary is pretty recent in my life, actually. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I, I, um, that's, that's actually really encouraging to hear. I, I sort of expected you to say, like, I didn't have any problems in Milwaukee and everything got crazy in St. Louis but um <laughs> I don't know why I I just I feel like St. Louis actually I should say is is more open to that um and just in my experience but then I I actually grew up in like a small town Cowtown outside about an hour outside of St. Louis and um there yeah you know that place is like it's a little bit dangerous even still yeah <laughs> um uh, the, it, she's our town, Washington. She's evolved, I will say, but um, <laughs> slowly and surely. Um, but so it's I, I'd say that there's more acceptance there. But, you know, from, from my experience, um, I've always thought that St. Louis like kind of had a trouble with that. But then uh, for my college experience, I, I did um, for my degree, I interpreted for St. Louis Pride and um man, it was like, there were so many people there. And that was kind of the first time that I was like, oh, this city isn't (laughs) terrible with that. You know what I mean? So um, that's a pretty supportive community. Yeah, for sure. Which is really encouraging to hear. Um, I'm glad that you mentioned that for you, pansexuality and and bisexuality are interchangeable. And I I suppose it's not totally the topic, but I would say it's the same for me. 
Um, and, and the label of bisexuality, when I finally felt like comfortable accepting that and using that was sort of a godsend. Um, and then I was like, well, then I found out what pansexuality mm-hmm. was afterward. And I was like, well, that's it more, <laughs> but I already did this whole thing, this whole Instagram post where I used <laughs> the vocabulary of bi and I like that better. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and sometimes it's, but I, um, it's more accessible to explaining it to other people, not to, not absolutely. to admonish him all, but I think when For we're sure. when, specifically when I'm not in a mood to describe who I am or what, what I feel means um, it's just easy to be like, yeah, yeah, I'm bisexual. And people are like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know what that is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like you, you mentioned pansexual and people are like, is that like Peter Pan (laughs) stuff or what is that? You know, Uh, or, or cooking, like, you know, where things like that. But um, I, I use them interchangeably as well. I typically stick to buy, but again, um, I don't, I don't even feel like I have total, like qualifications even to to be the one to explain pansexuality so i just stick with bi but i need to get over that because i probably could but (laughs) um so so you had mentioned that you didn't identify as non-binary in milwaukee so i'm assuming that you used a different pronoun set for a while yeah yeah um um, and that was just because and th- there's still a lot of sure. legal documentation <laughs> right <laughs> right yeah um so when do you remember a moment or just like a, a period of time when those pronouns didn't feel right was it sort of like they always have just felt not totally accurate or was there a specific moment where you were like uh i can't do this anymore yeah that's a great question i think Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, you know, I don't know if, if I can pinpoint a certain memory or period of time where I thought, ooh, I don't like that. Um, I definitely yeah. feel like there was a point in time. Let's see. I gotta. I, when it comes to dates and years, I am not great. So give me a second to figure this out in my head. <laughs> I no think problem. it was spring of twenty. 18 and summer of 2018 um, is definitely when I um, was doing a lot of work into that. I know leading up to that point, the idea of um, the, the, uh, uh, hmm, uh, I want to make sure that I represent this correctly. The uh, stereotypical societal image of masculinity was feeling mm-hmm. very wrong or feeling like it okay. just didn't sure. fit. It wasn't me. Um, I, I know for yeah. a long time I have felt, um, I guess people could say like eccentric or um, mm. not. I would say that's a good word. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> I, I played sports, but I was never a sports person. And... Mm-hmm. I never felt like I've had a stereotypically male, like, bill. Mm, I've never felt like my voice has been, you know, stereotypically male either. Um, And and I want to make sure that I, it it might sound like I'm harping on it, but I think the focus is, or the 
intent is stereotypical because, you know, masculinity is so much more than mm-hmm. what society prescribes it to be or, you know, what sure. media tells us it is. Um, absolutely. But that's why we're here. That's, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it, yeah uh, spring of 2018. And again, very interestingly, it lines up pretty perfectly with um, a transitional moment in my life. I was getting out of a long-term relationship and Mm -hmm. um, leaving. There was a newfound freedom to explore in a lot of different ways, uh, including sexuality, including in gender. um, And... Now, whether it's just, whether it's actually causal or whether it's just a correlation, I truly felt a freedom to not need to be any sort of gender for anybody. Right. Um, Wow. It wasn't anything that was talked about in in that previous relationship, but I certainly felt a pressure to be sort of the man in it. Yeah. Um, and sure. so not being in that relationship, I got to feel a liberation of, um, oh, wow, I don't have to be this sort of male figure in this relationship. I can be whatever the, can I swear on this? Are we allowing swearing? Yes. Okay. Please. I can be whatever yeah, the fuck I want to be. Um, I can <laughs> present what feels most comfortable for me. Um, so I, yeah. I got, I got to do a lot of work in that. Um, and Big plus side, you know, that summer then I started the person who I'm with now, um, and they also identify as non-binary, and we have talked so much about what it means to be, like, a non-binary couple, what gender identity yeah. means to the two of us, so a lot of my, um, a lot of my most recent exploration has been with a partner in a partnership where, like, it's kind of gender skewed or gender non-normative um which has been a really lovely experience that's awesome i think i I think we actually have pretty similar stories which is cool and i didn't know that before but um because i i i did that sort of thing too where you you leave a relationship and and i don't know it's just like especially fresh out of a relationship you're very like what's the word complete you know you're you're thinking a lot um about everything and um that was when i you know just thought about some things that ended up becoming labels for me to use so i think you made a really good point of like in that in that transitional period it's like well let me just think about things because we're always thinking about them we just may never say them especially when we are in a relationship or if we're um, you know, do have a sort of commitment to to be this thing that we're not, and that's really exhausting. So I'm glad to hear that you are are uh, more comfortable and and still learning, but uh, open to do so and free to do so. Um, I'm curious to know where you first saw your pronouns or or how you heard about them, um, because like I said at the top of this, I've I've personally never met another person with with your specific pronoun set. Um, and I remember, not a long time ago, but a couple of years ago, uh, when pronouns first became, you know, a, a real discussion, uh, I remember seeing pronouns with, like, the letter X at mm. the beginning that mm-hmm. I think were Z, Zems, or all that stuff. But um, I've never seen 
your specific set. So where did you where did you find those, or how did you arrive at those? Um, I think my first um, exposure to them was in college, and again tying into the gender and sexuality studies at WashU. Um, uh, a few friends, a few of my friends at the time were taking classes, you know, some of them were majoring in gender studies and they, one of them had this plush uh, stuffed penguin and the penguin's name was Z. Um, And we were like, Oh, why, why is, why is um, the penguin's name Z? And then they basically described like Z is this, um, this pronoun, it is, um, gender, you know, gender non-normative or, you know, it's, it's non-binary and they kind mm. of describe that to us. Um, and yeah, I think, you know, that, that certainly ties into, um, a thing that I experienced a lot in college, which was, you know, a lot of people were really comfortable talking about this sort of stuff, um, discussion about gender and sexuality was, um, I don't want to say like common, but, um, well, you know what? Yeah, it was common. It, it, it was, it was, common. <laughs> yeah. it was like, you know, cause everybody's exploring, everybody's discovering what works for them. Um, sure. and you know, I, I, I agree. I don't think it is a common pronoun to see pop up. It certainly exists. And I think I've noticed, you know, as, and more integrated into the LGBTQ community. I've seen it pop up more and more often. Um, it's sure, yeah. Also, right, yeah, there is um, a type of pronoun that is pronounced very similarly, but uses max. Um, mm-hmm. I think the reason why it felt the best for me is, um, you know, my name's Zach, and... Right. <laughs> you know, that starts with a Z. It feels like it's kind of a shortened version of my name. Um, right. And I think a lot of my uh, expression of my gender identity has uh, revolved around the idea that, um, like, my gender is me. It's this unique yeah. identifying thing, like my name, that isn't tied to a gender normative or societal norm um normative idea um that's so cool and the other thing that i really like about my pronouns is um again like i said before i feel more feminine than masculine looking at the um Mm -hmm. gender spectrum and like z zerzer sounds a lot more like she her her than it does right his Gotcha. I gotcha. That's so cool. I actually wrote down on my list of questions. Can you use it in a sentence? <laughs> do you think you could give me an example sentence of your, and I meant to do this yeah, at the top, okay. but again, first podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I talked to my friend Zach and Z's doing really, uh, really good. Um, Z went to the market the other day and bought some uh, flowers for their apartment. Oh, that's so cool, actually. <laughs> I I really love that it's attached to your name. And, and I was trying to, like, <laughs> full disclosure, like, practice Aww, in my head before really sweet. We, we 
um, we did this uh, in case. Um, but I love And in my practice, I was like, oh, that just sounds like I'm saying, you know, Z, like like a shortened form of, of Zach. So I, I'm glad that you said that because that's kind of what I thought maybe was the yeah. tie in there. Um, uh, but I think it's also really cool that you and a plush penguin are the only <laughs> two individuals that I know that have those pronouns. So I think that's really great. Um, so I'm curious. So you found these pronouns, you, you sort of are going through this journey. Um, were you hesitant at all to make the switch from, from he, him pronouns, like openly using those? Cause when I met you, that was like, what was mm, given to mm-hmm. me was he, him pronouns. Like this is Zach. He's blah, 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 blah. Um, or he's going to be, singing to you while you learn the oven (laughs) things like that um so (laughs) um so were you hesitant at all to make the switch from those uh openly i think um i found out or once i felt in my gut that my my pronouns my gender identity fit um or were better than what i what was currently being used I definitely felt no hesitancy to lean into it and to start, you know, for myself, accepting that those were truths. I think what was hardest for me is that in general, I'm the kind of person that um, I I have a lot of struggles when it comes to calling attention to myself. Um, And Mm. while I, especially in uh, sort of a (laughs) dramatic and eccentric person sort of entertainer like um Mm -hmm. i think when it comes to stuff that's more than surface level stuff yeah i think i have a lot of struggles calling attention to myself because um i don't know sometimes that can feel selfish or um you know, mm. can take away from maybe a more communal experience. Sure. I'm a Sagittarius, so I'm just like bringing all <laughs> the attention onto me. And I'm a middle child, so I'm just like, listen, it is yeah. my time to shine. <laughs> That's why I'm starting a podcast because I love myself so much. But, anyways. Well, yeah, continue. like on, on the topic of astrology, <laughs> uh, I'm a Taurus, so I'm very much like I stick gotcha. my ground, but I'm not going to like boast it <laughs> right right um, yeah i'm very like full set energy <laughs> so i'm all about me <laughs> but yeah um so <laughs> i think once i felt confident that i had found an identity that was better than what i'd been using or what i'd been telling people to use um it started a more long-term introduction or usage in everyday Mm -hmm. life. I definitely, I don't know that I ever really had a big coming out, a big announcement of any kind. I just started talking about it more or dropping hints or, you know, I might change a description or an identifier on Facebook, um, sharing articles, things like that. Um, so I, what, what was great about that for me personally is that it then invited people to ask about it 
I think people would were then, right. you know, maybe started getting an idea and people would be like, hey, you know, I, um, I don't want to like offend you, but insert question here regarding gender identity. Right. Um, and let me tell you, I fucking love that. I love it when people ask me questions, which also is, <laughs> you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm so excited to be here right now. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm giving you a whole like, yeah. Hour to do so, so. Yeah. you're welcome talk about myself um <laughs> yes so I, I think i love it yeah my my sort of way of embracing it and coming out was much more long term and sort of a a rather than a sudden thing that was that just had to be gotcha i think that that's just in general a better way to do it i i think that like in my experience with at least uh, identifying as, as something other than straight <laughs> heterosexual, um, I I had to come out to myself mm. first, you know, I had to like practice in my head being like, I'm Eric, I'm bisexual. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it, I had to like even just say that a couple of times before I was like anywhere confident in telling any other actual human. Um, and so I think it's important to take it slow. Like there's, there's sort of this theater behind uh, coming out. And I think it's beautiful. I think it's a huge step and a wonderful step. And it happens in June because it's pride month. And I think that that's great, but I think that a lot of people can also feel hmm. pressure to just like, this is who I am now. And if that doesn't fit your personality, like, I don't know. I think it's it's important to say that if you're taking your time with expression mm. of any kind, um, just taking time doesn't mean that you're not proud Absolutely. of it. Absolutely. You know, I think yeah. I think it may even suggest more pride that you want to like mm. craft that it. You want to take your time with it. And yeah. exactly, at the same time, yeah. yeah. And I also don't want to admonish people who want it to be a big thing. I know people who are like oh, sure. really excited about it and want it to be um, want coming out to be uh, a concrete thing that happens or, you know, like a celebration in that moment. Um, I, yeah. Right. And it's, it's different for everybody. I think. Absolutely. Um, whatever feels most comfortable for you is the best way to do it. Yeah. Cause that's what this is about. I think whatever expression you're, you're trying to pull off, um, that's what it's about. It's about you entirely being authentically yourself. Um, but I want to know what the reception has been. Have, have people, I mean, do you say, if you could give like a, a percentage, what would you say has been the success rate of external people using your preferred pronouns in um, everyday life? Oh, good question. So I think right now, um, I, you know, like I said, I am, I'm more, I'm the kind of person that likes to come out in a more uh, graded fashion um, slowly over time. And mm -hmm. I think there are a lot of people that maybe aren't completely aware that Zizer is my preferred pronoun. Um, I, sure. There are a couple people that know, but, you know, percentage wise, it's probably pretty low only because I haven't yeah. been... Um, I haven't been vocal about it. Um, sure. You know, that that's, that's just another part of the experience or uh, of the discovery is 
finding the moments when I do want to talk about it, um, when I do want to express people, you know. And I think for right now, I'm still very fine with people using they, them pronouns. I think I've been more vocal about that. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I, I hope that goes up slowly with time as I feel more comfortable telling people about it. Yeah, I, you know, I, um, I was thinking about it in preparation for this. And it was like, if I had to give a success rate, my preferred pronouns are he, him, his. And I would say that it is 100% Mm, (laughs) right of everyday life. And I was thinking about if that weren't the case, like, if, if the percentage was low, like what that would be like, and, um, you know, not to throw a, a whole pity party, but I just was like, man, that would really not be cool. I don't know if, especially if you have like specifically designated, like well thought out mm-hmm. um, pronoun choices that people aren't uh, using. I, I just, I don't know. It, it kind of, when I was thinking about it, I was like, that would be really hard. And I think that in a large part, that's why I wanted to chat with you today is uh, because hopefully anybody listening from now on can, you know they've they've heard a sentence right they've mm-hmm. heard it used uh they've <laughs> they don't have any more excuses so hopefully people will will listen to this and uh, specifically people in your life and and maybe give that a thought because it is i don't know think about if 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 you're listening and your pronouns weren't used properly a hundred percent yeah <laughs> like they typically are then what that would mean to you and i um, definitely the experience of um being referred to in uh, as other pronouns um, definitely changes day to day how I'm feeling. Um, yeah. I would say, you know, being yeah. referred to as he and his feels kind of shitty, <laughs> some, especially some yeah, more than others. Sure. Um, and on yeah. the flip side of that, somebody who has um, made the choice to intentionally um, recognize my, my true self, my, how I identify and has made that effort it is um a, a special kind of yeah yeah i bet i i've i've heard of gender dysphoria and sometimes people talk about gender euphoria mm-hmm. and you know i just i hope that we start to err more on the side of providing that euphoria for people um i want to know you said that you have a hard time correcting mm. people, but I want to know how you do so. And also like if I, because sometimes, so personally, I think that obviously I think that pronouns are super mm-hmm. duper important. Um, I typically default to, if I'm not sure if I look at a person and they're giving me, you know, non-binary, genderqueer, whatever energy, um, typically I default to they, them pronouns. But the thing is like, if a lady has a short haircut, sometimes I'll use they, them yeah. pronouns, but maybe they just want to be rock sure. or pixie cut, you know? So how, if I'm not sure, uh, and also the thing is like they, them is also a whole commitment, right? Like it's a whole specific pronoun decision. Mm-hmm. Um, so if those aren't their pronouns, like they, them can be mm-hmm. incorrect as well. So I'm curious to know how, not only how you, if someone misgenders you, how you correct that, but also like from my pr- point of view, how can I ask if I'm not sure? Like what's a, what's a safe bet or, or what do you think is asking even appropriate? What, what, what are your thoughts on, on that? This is like just a really awesome point of discussion. Um, and I think it, 
I don't know if you can hear what's going on in the background. My partner is, um, my partner's an actor and they're, uh, amidst the pandemic, they're doing a lot of, um, live stream theater. So I apologize if you I love uh, that. hear any like yelling in the background. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've probably heard this like hilariously loud lawnmower going in front of my, uh, apartment. Um, so there's just a lot of background energy, but hopefully everybody's here for this conversation. Yeah, this is, this is quarantine. So, um, so. but yeah, I think <laughs> this, this question or this area of discussion that you brought up is one of the centers of the, uh, a, a more global zeitgeist surrounding gender identity and gender discussion is, you know, yeah. we're now embracing the fact that there is more than just she and he and mm-hmm. how do we navigate the fact that it isn't that simple anybody could be anything yeah. and mm-hmm. how do we how do we take care of each other in this this process um i sure. think my sort of um stance what i've experienced is that um I think they, them pronouns is a pretty safe way to go. Um, Especially if you take the time to, or you take care to um, come at it from a a point or an intention that like using they, them off the bat is you recognizing that, um, you know, that a simple he or she isn't necessarily going to be correct right off the bat. Um, I have definitely been in scenarios where if I'm like not a hundred percent sure of what someone's pronouns are, which mainly comes from like not having heard somebody else use that person's pronoun, Mm -hmm. um, then I will use they, them. um, And then, you know, use it up to the point where I can ask that person what their pronouns are. Um, I think, yeah, and I think asking somebody about their pronouns, um, like, it can be scary because it's uncharted territory, but ultimately, um, for for two big reasons, one in that, again, it's becoming this thing that people are more and more comfortable talking about, um, and also that somebody who has taken the time to uh, think about who they are and what pronouns accurately represent who they are um, is gonna be mm-hmm. pretty fucking stoked to share with other people what their pronouns are. I think the only scenario right, I can okay. think of in which somebody might be hesitant to is if they're still discovering or they're still um, yeah. unsure, which is absolutely okay. Mm. Um, but I think, you know, finding yeah. that moment, especially like when you're meeting somebody, um, being like, oh, my God, hi, um, you know, I'm such and such. I'm such and such. And um, just taking a moment to be like, hey, um, uh, like, I, I want to be able to uh, talk about you correctly or reference you correctly. Like, what, what mm-hmm. pronouns do you use? Um, I have definitely seen that sort of um communication that that sort of interchange happen more and more frequently yeah. um as time has gone on which i think is just phenomenal sure. 
And I think yeah, we will continue absolutely. to see um, a societal trend where that question, that discussion becomes more commonplace. Definitely. I hope so. And I, I think you're right. I think the only hesitancy I have with asking is that, like you said, it it hasn't always been a point of discussion, like pronouns and and the acceptance of different pronouns besides he, him, she, her, all of that um, is, is a new one. So that question of like, hey, by the way, I'm he, his, what are you, <laughs> uh, is, is foreign, but only for now. Um, so that gives me hope. I'm glad. I, and I'm glad that my decision to default to they, them <laughs> is not, at least in your opinion, uh, the worst thing. Because <laughs> I don't know, like I said, I was kind of worried about yeah. that for a little bit. But I, I like to use they for a day. You know, if you need practice, this is my advice. If you need practice with using they, them pronouns, try to use it for everybody for a whole day and your whole conversation. Uh, and by the end of the day, you'll be like, okay, I got yeah. that, <laughs> you know, um, because it is, it, it, it is a huge deal. Um, and my next question is kind of like tied into because it's so we've talked about like how to go about asking and, and, um, and all of that, but I still feel like the conversation is still not awkward, but a little bit touchy um, in today's society. Why do you think that people sometimes have troubles with like getting pronouns down? What do you, what do you think like is, is going on with people? And um, some people are on the far extreme of the spectrum where they're like purposefully refusing uh, to use someone's mm -hmm. preferred pronouns. Um, and those people, I don't know, they don't really count. I mean, I guess they do, but w w why they're just doing it on purpose, I suppose. But why do you think that that is such a, a, a tough thing for people still in yeah. 2020. I think, um, I, you know, and I have a lot of ideas uh, about why yeah. there's hesitancy or why there's resistance. Uh, I think each person's different um, and they're, you know, it, it's, we could, we could have just a whole podcast episode or more than one just talking about this. Um, but yeah, I think there is a um, some some of it might be generational. Um, mm -hmm. I think for a lot of people who grew up uh, in in generations where this kind of discussion is absolutely for, um, yeah. it can be difficult sure. to enter into that uh, that framework, enter into that kind of discussion. Um, because it is so outside of the norm for them. Um, and yeah. um, every, you know, at the end of the day, everybody wants stability. Everybody wants familiarity. So to enter into that might for some people mean um, uncharted territory. And that can be scary. Yeah. Um, now, not yeah. everybody deals with that fear in a productive way. And a lot of times that comes out in... Um, uh, uh, offensive or, um, you know, mm -hmm. un yeah, I guess unproductive. I think yeah. on top of that, as a society as a whole, we are still 
on a journey to separate gender from sex. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, just to, just to be clear about it, sex being, um, both being, you know, what you're assigned at birth and maybe right. what your genitals are, which again, you know, yeah. isn't binary either. Um, there, there's, there sure. are more than two sexes. Um, right. But yeah. I think this, the sticking point there, uh, or the sticking point with the hesitancy or the resistance to um, embrace uh, sort of a rainbow of gender um, is that we're still learning. And there's a lot of fear yeah. surrounding things that are unknown. And it's easier yeah. to... Um, for some people, certainly it's easier to resist, to sit where it's most comfortable. Um, because yeah. it, it, maybe it, I don't know, it, it, there are probably thousands of other factors playing into a, a, per, a one person's given, um, experience as to why they might be resistant. Um, you know, I can imagine yeah. somebody sure. who is other points of their life are in turmoil or are up in the air, uprooted for any, mm. and, you know, one more thing that is uncertain is then, um, you know, just adds to that chaos. Um, yeah. I sure. also think that in this period of time, specifically in America, it's pretty difficult because we see, um, there are pretty prominent, um, political figures and um, political yeah. people that are celebrities, uh, journalists, people mm -hmm. who are in media, who um, use those platforms to say that, yes, it's okay to believe that there are only two genders or that gender and sex right. are synonymous and you cannot deviate from those. Um, right. Which is, it's scary and it, yeah. Um, yeah. I I do feel like in a lot of ways we had started to make progress progress, excuse me, uh like let's say four years ago. Yeah. Um, but I do feel I feel there's just so much going on, especially like right here in this time, April of twenty twenty. Um, there's a whole lot of bad <laughs> going on. And um, you know, I think that like discussions of, of gender expression are, are sort of the last thing that a lot of people want to talk about. Um, specifically those people who, like you said, maybe grew up in a different generation where that wasn't even ever a thing. Um, they're thinking about how much taxes take out of their yeah. income, you know, and they're not really necessarily concerned with uh, gender discussion. But I do think that um, it's just so important to humanize people, especially in this mm. time of despair. And, mm. um, you know, with, with the pandemic that's going on, especially it's like, there are doctors out there, unfortunately, that aren't even willing to treat trans people, even before, uh, yeah. all of this was going on, you know, there are doctors that are like refusing to, to have that discussion even. And so, um, and I, I should say like, 
the majority of doctors, they've right. taken an oath, so they don't care about that. But there are people out there who are, are not interested in that. Um, and again, there's maybe the idea that there's bigger fish to fry. Um, but I think that we can't fry those bigger fish until we have general acceptance of all human life, uh, especially in this country. So that's why in the midst of all of this chaos and pandemic, I did want to have this discussion. And yeah, it's, um, yeah, go ahead. And, okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, and I ahead. think it, <laughs> at, at the end of the day, it all comes down to caring for other people um, and for sure. recognizing for sure. and making um, making the choice to recognize somebody for who they are, who they say they are, and um, who they have taken the time to discover um, that they are. Yeah. Like, that is such a huge of in making community and making sure that someone is being cared for. Absolutely. I, and I think I love that you said that because I think a lot of people need to realize that uh, anybody who has uh, an expression of gender, it's 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 thoughtfully um, crafted. Right. you like it's it's not just something that one day we wake up and we decide we want to be different from right. everybody else. And so we we make up these things like this is a, it's a scary and huge decision. And, and if you're listening to this podcast and you are somebody who only believes in the two gender <laughs> rule um just i mean think about like zach said like z said like how much it means for for you zach to to have your pronouns done properly and for someone to to take the time to do that i mean it's 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 a feeling of euphoria yeah. is how you put it and so if you're out there listening and and you're not a hundred percent down with this convo just know that like even using they, them, it makes a huge difference for a lot of people. Um, and, and using improper in incorrect, uh, pronouns really hurts. Especially if it's um, done intentionally. So, um, I think, I think there's a huge yeah, difference between sure. accidents and intentionally hurting some, somebody because accidents happen all the time Absolutely. and it's so easy to, um, make an accident, learn from it, have a, have a conversation about it and then move forward from that point like doing doing what the right thing what somebody's asked you but i think if you intentionally absolutely misgender somebody or the incorrect pronouns i think that's that's where the problem lies absolutely and i in my somewhat limited experience but experience nonetheless i've never met a trans or non-binary person that's like gonna mess you up you know so don't be afraid you know like i feel like all of us queens are just out here trying to to feel the most comfortable that we can yeah, in this life um or honestly and... exactly so it's not a big deal i mean it, it, it can be hard and it can take practice for real uh i'm still like i said not a totally a hundred percent with my 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 own podcast guests uh, preferred pronouns, but you know, we're, yeah. we're going to get there. I'm going to get there. And it's about learning. Um, I do want to ask you if there is somebody listening, um, who is not open, uh, but questioning, uh, going through this sort of journey, uh, of, of gender expression or sexuality or, uh, choosing pronouns or things like that. What, what advice do you have from your experience to that little queen out there listening uh, who, who needs um, help. Yeah. 
I I want to I want to <laughs> preface by saying I am certainly by no means an authority figure or like um you know I don't have any sort of significant education in uh gender or sexuality studies even though you know yeah. Uh, yeah, I I've talked I previously I've t- um wash you um that being said like I don't have a degree in it yeah. I haven't written papers on it um my most sure. of my knowledge is from talking to other people and reading shit on the internet. So I'm not an authority figure, but yeah. I think what I can say from personal experience is that wherever mm. you are in this moment is an okay place to be. Um, mm. Because that's really good. For starters, where you are right now is an improvement from where you've come. Um, and yeah. you also have like a, an exciting journey ahead of you of more to discover, yeah. more to learn because I've always found gender discovery to be, um, I, I mean, I, I am, I love learning things. I'm kind of a sieve for knowledge. So like learning and getting to experiencing these things has been incredibly exciting. Um, I think whatever place you're in, know that you have so many great places to go. And um, never be afraid to talk to somebody about it. Gravitate towards the people who make you feel comfortable to be you. And don't be afraid to open up to those people. Be honest with yourself. Um, at the end of the day, I think honesty and love are like some of the most important things that we can invest in. And as long as you're investing in honesty Absolutely. with yourself and love for yourself for who you are, um, you only have, you can only go up. Yeah, absolutely. That is a a beautiful thing. Oh, that is a beautiful thanks. statement. Thank you for saying that. I I think it's good news for anybody to hear. Wherever you are right now is an awesome place to be, um, especially if you're indoors, <laughs> because y'all stay yeah, inside. Um, that is that Flatten is beautiful. The curve. Uh, that's absolutely. I'm so sick of this whole thing. So just stay indoors and wear masks and and be nice to each other. Um, I think that that is a great place actually to to end it with that beautiful statement. Um, Zach, thank you so, so much for being here on my dumb little podcast. Um, But I think this was a great, important discussion. I I feel really honored that you asked me to be here and that we've um, spent this time, you know, excavating all of these really important discussions. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. Thank you for being here. Um, I have mentioned this to you in private, um, but I'll go ahead and say it again. I really do hope that once we can, uh, once the social distancing, that's a really hard thing for me to say, social distancing ends. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Uh, When it's all over, I hope that we hang out in real life because um, I miss you too. Yeah, absolutely. We should totally hang out. Absolutely. Well, thank you everybody for listening. This has been uh, boy. Howdy. This is the first, we're going to say that this is the first episode because listen, there's another one that you guys can look at, but this is what the show's about. And it was me 
And I made a joke about like my grandparents and they're not even alive anymore. And I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, it got weird. So just listen to this one. Don't go back and listen to the other. You can if you want. It's just me talking and rambling uh, about myself, which I also like to do. So Um, I don't have a great sign off yet, but we're just going to say goodbye for now, y'all. And thank you for listening, Zach. Thank you so much for being here. Absolute pleasure to be here. <laughs> All right, man. I will talk to you Sounds- very soon. Bye, All everybody. Right. Bye.